Hey everybody, this is PJ's son. Well, I'm not PJ's son. I'm PJ's daughter-in-law. I'm PJ's son's wife, Alicia. Hope you're all doing well. What's happening? That was a good intro. See, dude? That's oh. it. And then you just roll with it. It's that easy. Okay. What's happening, fam? Back for another one, dude. Hope you guys enjoyed that uh, Growwich episode. Got some pretty good feedback on that one. I, I loved it. I wish it could have went longer, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was really good to listen to, too. I, it was? I mean, I was home, but I was working. Yeah. So I came down and heard some of it, but then um, I listened to the whole thing Monday at work and on my way to the ballpark, and it and it was really good. Well, like, you can watch all those shows and it, whatever, but when you get to talk to one of those people that, that specialize in anything, but mm -hmm. especially, like, murder and, and police work. Not that he didn't just do murder, but detectives tend to do a lot of stuff like that, you know? Sure. And like all those years of, you know, it's just what he kept saying about like, you know, you and I would be like, oh, she did it or he did it or whatever. You know, they can't work that way. And follow it, the facts. Right. That's what he kept saying. Right. But keeping your personal thoughts and like emotions out of it, that would be tough for me because I'm going, you motherfucker, you know? Yeah. I know you did it, but I don't know anything. Right. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. Yeah, I just I I've always loved those like detective shows and crim you know the crime shows and all of that and to know somebody who actually worked one we saw on TV like that's pretty cool. Why do it, girls love murder porn so much? I don't those know. Those fucking shows are all that you, you women are yeah. the demo. Well, like I would like on weekends when I'd be by myself on Sundays, I would watch that ID channel right. and just watch them over and over where like the husbands kill their wives yeah. or the wives get, or not wives, but like women get murdered and all this stuff. And so I'd be scared being by myself when you're working night shift. I don't know why I watched it, but it was addicting. Right, dude. <laughs> but like when I was a kid, I, I thought I wanted to be a detective. Like I wanted to be in the FBI or work crimes and stuff. And my dad told me I wasn't smart enough. And I mean, he was right. I mean, no, he wasn't. What I a didn't. Dick. I didn't do good in school. At, you know, that's what he meant. I wasn't really applying myself, and you know, you. I would have had to do well in school, and you would have had to go to school for it. And then I think you have to start off as like a police officer. I mean, I know well, that's sure. really <clears throat> not me. something I want to do, but I thought it would be really cool. But you wanted to jump straight from high school to detective and murder cases. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> Who was that chick when we were young that uh, she was in all those books? Not Susan B. Anthony. I fucking know that's not. But like she had one of those name, middle initial, but she was like a a crime. Oh, shoot. You yeah, I, I think about. I read some of them and now I can't remember her name. Uh, it's not Sally Jesse. It's not Ramona. No. No. Uh, I never read any. Oh, of, but, you know, it was one of those in the 90s. Like she was huge. It was like yeah. Goosebumps. Goosebumps. But she was like a different. If only we had a device in our pocket that we could find this stuff out on. But I don't like to do that yeah. while I'm trying to talk unless it's something serious. Oh, while we're talking about murder stuff, I have to apologize to you because last night on Netflix you were asking about the is it Murdaugh? Yeah. The Murda um there is a new season out and I didn't know that. Mm. So we'll have to check that out because I, I watched the whole first season of it. Well, it was only a few episodes, but So wait a minute. It's the same show on Netflix that you're talking about it's just that there's a new season yeah okay so didn't but didn't is that the one that we watched i think so i think there's just another season wait I, a minute is it actors like playing like like no 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 i mean i think it was more a documentary because mm -hmm. i we watched 
we watched something on one of those things. I, I thought wa- it was Hulu. Though. I didn't think I was with you when I watched it. Like you were at work. I watched. It's like a three episode or I don't know yeah. how many episodes it was about. Like the sun. Well, what else is left? I don't know. The dad's in jail, and well, who gives a fuck? About I think I mean, there's still a couple unsolved ones. They're trying to figure out if they were involved in or not, but I don't know. You know, because some of the boy, like the son, his sons, I I think that they thought uh, might have killed somebody. Well, those dudes were all kind of just like untouchable in that mm-hmm. shitty little town. You don't know. I mean, not shitty little town, but whatever. Like yeah. they just ran the show for a long time, so. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to check it out, and we can talk about it next time. Well, thanks time. for your apology. That was nice. Mm-hmm. I don't get that too often. I know. Well, when you're wrong, you say you're wrong. What? Isn't that what Patrick Swayze said in Dirty Dancing? <laughs> or no, no, it wasn't him. It was Baby's dad said it to Patrick Swayze, to Johnny. When I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. When he was, like, he assumed that he was he was the guy that got Penny knocked up. That wasn't Elliot Gould, was it? Was no. that her dad? No way. No, he actually was in some of those crime. Oh like yeah, yeah, crime yeah, yeah. Shows. I know I mean, what you're talking about now. Yeah, that's yeah. not Elliot. Gould. But no, no, I don't know what his name was. I was just watching all the Ocean's movies, and so that his he, Elliot Gould. I think it was Elliot Gould. Oh, I know you're talking about that kind of bigger guy. He played Monica and Ross's uh, dad yes. in Friends. Yeah, 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 yeah. uh huh. Yeah. Did you did you ever know? I know I've told you because I'm a loudmouth idiot, but like. If I, when I was in whatever year it was, I guess like junior, senior, <clears throat> whatever year in high school, if there was a Friends trivia game, I would have won. Really? I loved Friends because we, we only had basic mm-hmm. cable most of the time and it was always on 11 or whatever. Yeah, I think one of those, it was on like one night a week, like the, the new ones. Yeah. Oh, I was fucking with those reruns. Well, my fam, my parents watched <clears throat> it. Like when my dad was married to Sandy, they watched it and I never really got into it till later. I picked it up later when um when I was like in my twenties and then got hooked on it. So now I've seen pretty much all of them now from you know after all yeah. the reruns. But that was like Seinfeld for me. Uh, Growing up, like somebody's dad would be, you know, you like go yeah. over to their house and they're watching Seinfeld. I'm like this fucking show sucks, and I love Seinfeld. <laughs> I still hate that show. I've seen everyone multiple, multiple <laughs> times, and I love that show. Yeah, I know you do. What else am I fucking with lately? Oh, Hard Knocks is over. My football show, I like that one, and I don't know anything about football, but I really like that show. But yeah, people, we don't really watch the same TV shows. It's it's rare that we sit down together and watch TV because we're just not really into the same. No, type, because you like watching shit. murder, and I like watching comedy. <laughs> yeah. But that's a pretty that's a pretty normal like it's not normal whatsoever. It, women are psychos, but my mom would sit and fucking watch those things. I mean. Yeah. All the time. And it's like, of course you're terrified. Around mm. every corner is somebody waiting to bash yeah. your face in. The and kids it's like, like that stuff too. Like that ain't cool. The bro. CSI shows and stuff. And I mean, I'm I'm probably well, I know I'm a bad parent for this one, but I got um really like Dexter was my favorite show. And I I actually didn't start watching that till like later on in the seasons too. And then I decided to watch it from the beginning. And the kids started, like, I don't know, I was watching it. And then they wanted to watch with me. I'm like, uh-oh, I'm, like, I should not, like, allow them to watch this. But, I'm going to have to edit this out. Uh, We do. No, I'm oh. kidding. Well, no, I'm, f- I'm, I'm fucking just, like, edit. I feel like such a terrible parent. But, like, my parents let me, well, my dad, wa- like, let me watch Friday the 13th. And back then, I think scary movies back in the 80s in 90s were worse than what they are now like the freddy, freddy and the jason yeah. and 
they were really bloody and violent and stuff like Dexter. I mean, yeah, it had stuff in it, but it wasn't like the whole show isn't murder and stuff like that. But they they really liked it. So, I mean, I never watched anything that gave me like uh, as a kid or anything. I never like had like bad dreams about anything but Freddy. And there was only one scene and I don't even really I, I just recalled this right now as we're talking. So this isn't like something I think about often, but <clears throat> excuse me. I'm sorry. My wife just made me a dope ass dinner and I'm coughing. Um, why does that have to do with my dinner? You think why is why did I say that? Dairy. Mm, yep. And then I had a shake after that too. Yeah. Well, stop coughing. Um, yeah, I know. Fucking <laughs> my own pocket. Um, but anyway, Freddie, like, uh, I forgot which one it was, but of course he had a sweater on and the hat. I don't even think he had the hat on because like he just got burned up or something, but he like came back to life. And I remember as a kid, I went, uh oh, that one got me. And so like that was the only thing I forgot. But I, you know, that's it was better when we were kids. Scary movie. Yeah. I think back then, like the Freddie, the Jason, the Michael <clears throat> Myers, the thing about they were always chasing somebody and they always caught the people. And I think, I don't know, like that. To yeah. Me but is, people like trip over everything yeah. and they can't fucking just like get up and just walk. Yeah. Those, those got me. So as corny as it is, it's like they did work though back then, but mm -hmm. you also couldn't Google the most terrifying things you could think of and watch them right then and there. So it was like, you know, you were, we just didn't have as much exposure. So yeah. when you got to see scary stuff, it was actually scary. Yeah. Well, my dad would say he would sit us down and be like, you guys know this is all fake. This is a movie. It's not real. And I was like, yeah. And and so it was like scary, you know, and I'd have to close my eyes sometimes. But it wasn't like I was scared to go to sleep or yeah. I thought that was going to happen because yeah. it's so unrealistic. Those characters <clears throat> like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, I didn't that. like that, dude. I thought that it was, was corny. Nasty. Well, I don't think I watched the original, but they did like a remake of it that was really scary. I think Jessica Biel was in it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That one was really scary because that, to me, that is real. Like that can be real. I mean, that Jason and Freddie and Michael Myers, those were like not real. They weren't like even human anymore. Like they've been killed a whole bunch and brought back to life. Like that wasn't real life. But like Texas Chainsaw is some guy that, I mean, and it happens that lives somewhere out in the country and he kidnaps people and chops them up and eats them. And I mean, that that's stuff that can happen. Like the silence of the lambs guy. Like, I mean, there's real murderers that do that kind of stuff. So when I was running around with those, that group of people, uh, one of them is in prison now and he was a, he was a tree guy, a tree trimmer guy. Yeah. And it was like some whole, I don't know, whatever the story is. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to talk about it, but he cut this dude up in like Southern Missouri. And, um, I don't even know why, but somehow they got a lead on it and went and found the remains. And, like, I think they did, like, DNA testing on his chainsaws and shit. And it's not funny, but, like, yeah, so it is real. I mean, you people really do cut each other up. But, it, like, as a kid, I n that never crossed my mind. Yeah. It was, like, some corny-ass story that would never really happen, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, some of them were pretty good. I'd try to steer clear from that shit I... I've watched Shane Gillis's pod or uh, uh, stand-up special, I think, four times. Yeah, I watched, we're gonna get him I on the podcast. That. Yeah, that I can't wait till he. If he comes to St. Louis, people, message <laughs> the fuck out of that dude. I'm not on social media, but message that dude and tell him, like his biggest fans in St. Louis, and you'd just be really cool to go do his podcast. He'd be like, no, he's a star now, dude. Yeah, I uh, 
I watched that one with you a couple of times because it is that that's funny. It's offensive to it's, I can I can mm. see why some people would call it offensive, but if you're looking at it from comedy and like joke writing and like intelligence, I don't know, man. Uh, lately, it is it is there's nothing nobody better lately to me. Yeah, well, the stuff that most comics are saying now has. It's like they've been saying it or something. I don't know what it is, but he's just got that whole Philly yeah. crew. Yeah. The dudes, the comics in Philly right now, they've got a sketch show that's really good and really funny and really offensive. And that's my shit, you know, but I think those dudes are just killing it. Yeah. And then Texas is taking off now too. Austin with Joe Rogan. Um, he opened a new called the comedy mothership or some shit, but he opened a new um, comedy what the fuck's he called? Like a comedy store? Comedy yeah, club? A comedy club, oh. yeah. Down in Austin. And it's supposed to be like the like he designed it just for comics. And there's all kinds of little niche things that you would never think of that everybody loves it down there, apparently. So I know a lot of really high like high profile comedians. Don't worry about it. But well, Gillis does a really good Donald Trump impersonation. That was it's probably, really good. That was probably my favorite part. I have to let Echo out, excuse me. He's interrupting again. Somebody start your clock on how long it's going to take him to um, stand at the door and wait to get let in. Oh, hey, dude. We, uh, Alicia and I were talking the other night, and I was looking up some of the analytics. Now, I don't do this because, well, kind of I do, but it's not like a, Oh, I've only gotten this many downloads, right? I've only gotten this many likes. That's not the big deal to me, but it's it is awesome and and refreshing to see that you guys are checking out the podcast and and downloading and stuff. So I again and and as always, I really do appreciate it. But in the analytics on uh, Podbean, oh, he sees a deer or something. Yeah, um, it tells you what country or states your listenership is like coming from. And apparently there's somebody in Alaska who was listening to this show. It said there was one listener from there. So that's why I can say singular somebody. I don't think it's like all the homies in Anchorage are listening to PJ son. That's not what I'm saying whatsoever, but whoever it is in Alaska right on. And uh, so I got an email set up just for this podcast it is pjmdjm1961 at gmail. So if you know the phonetic alphabet, which you should, Papa Juliet Mike, Delta Juliet Mike, 1961 at gmail. Whoever is in Alaska, if you email me, I, I hope I know who you are, but maybe it's like a friend of a friend, right? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Somebody you know or somebody that knows you or somebody that I know that a friend of a friend of a friend? I don't know anybody in Alaska. I don't think so. Bro, if you email yeah. me from Alaska and give me a for real address and say what's up, I'm going to send you something. I don't know what it is, though. It might be like a like a toothpick or something. I'm going to send something there. No, um, Alicia and I, uh, we were just talking about, like, should we make some hoodies? Yeah. I want to. I think it'd be sick. T-shirts, too. Yeah, but yeah. hoodies because it's getting to be that well, time of year, and here. and our homie in Alaska definitely needs a hoodie for sure, and maybe some sunglasses. Sunnies, 
Hmm. Yeah, because it's all the sun's always out up there. Oh yeah. Right. There are yeah. times when it's like twenty-two hours of sunlight mm-hmm. a day. That's fucking nuts. Yeah. But like, just uh, that picture of Echo, or something, you know, on the back, and then like, I don't mm-hmm. know. I got some. I got. I'm trying to be creative and come up with some cool little hoodies or something just to. Yeah. You know, because you kind of gotta like, you gotta give your fans something sometimes. You know. Mm-hmm. So whoever's in Alaska, and, and this is to everybody. Fuck it. Email me, and I. Um, I'll get back to you and come up with something cool to do. I don't know. I'll have the kids help me get creative and we'll get a, some stickers or hoodies or fuck dude. Hoodies are going to be expensive. I got a lot of listeners, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, it is growing. Right. Exciting. And it's, it's awesome. So uh, whoever you are, say what's up. Cause I would love to know who's in Alaska and how you heard about this. And I think that'd be a cool story in and of itself. So, <clears throat> I think what we're doing here tonight, um, it's been a it's been a crazy week. It's been a good week, but a crazy week. Go ahead and get your dog so we can podcast. I have you come into the studio. It's a long drive for you. And not only do you bring your dog, but then your dog interrupts the whole thing. This is unbelievable. This is professional podcasting. Um it's been a really cool week. Oh my god, dude. Bro. I just broke If you broke those headphones, I'm gonna be really mad at you. You're buying me new ones. Okay, cool. Sorry, can't are you, take me anywhere. Are you ready? Do you yeah. wanna do you want a podcast now? Yeah. You should have just taken over. It would have been fun. You're going to sometime though. Maybe. Just take over and do it. On the 17th of September in 2001 was the day that I left for boot camp. So what is the math there? That's 22 years, right? It, in 2001 to 2022, that's 22 years, right? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I know I told a story that I had gotten signed up, you know, later in my junior year. And th- the September 17th was my original leave date and all that stuff. So. It's pretty wild to uh, look back and like what life was like 22 years ago. And I'm about to go into another cool thing that happened this week. But before that, um, <clears throat> when I was growing up, I went to Catholic school. You know this, but I am talking to you and I'm also talking to our fans and people in Alaska. <laughs> um, <laughs> so at Catholic school... Right. Everybody wears a uniform. The reason behind some of the reason behind that uniform is to um, like keep people. You know, Everybody is wearing the same thing. So it's not like you're you've got what was it? Jabos and Z Cavaricci and guests and all <laughs> oh, that, gosh, yeah. you know, and I don't. And I've got like <laughs> I owe you. I've got kangaroos with the little penny pouch on the side, you know, and like, like poor kid thing, you know. Mm-hmm. So they, they, they don't want things to change. Go ahead and get the dog. Um, so uh, keep in mind, as you guys well know, raised by a single mom did not have money. So I fit into the poor category, my sister and I very well. However, my grandparents helped us out and put us through Catholic school because they wanted us to get that education. So 
all this I say to say there was a dude, we'll call him Kenny. Wasn't that his name? Yeah. <laughs> You're such a dork. Dude, if you're going to rob a bank, let's say Alicia comes to Alaska to meet you. So do not rob a bank with her. She will dime out whatever you do. <clears throat> All right. So his name was Kenny. Kenny just, he fit that other mold, right? And, and, and my mom raised me like, you don't make fun of people and you don't pick on people. You definitely don't bully people. I got in more trouble growing up in school for sticking up for the underdog, um, being like kind of popular or whatever, having friends. I, I fucking hated when people would mess with like the special needs students and stuff like that. Um, it just, I, I didn't, I didn't think that was a, like a good look. So that was not the thing here. Um, Kenny played on our school soccer teams and baseball teams because they just took everybody, you know, wasn't much of an athlete. Didn't have a lot of friends just because he had a shitty attitude. It had nothing to do with his socioeconomic status. It was just that he had a shitty fucking attitude. And like, so that's not going to, you know, you're not going to have a bunch of friends that way. Anyway, on September 16th, actually. So your recruiter comes to your house to pick you up and takes you downtown you stay downtown, finish up some paperwork. The next morning, they take all of the, um, oh, fuck, enlistees. They Roots. No, you're not, a, you're not even a fucking recruit yet. They take all of the enlistees. What I know I'm fucking up the word, and somebody's correcting me right now. Thank you. They take everybody to the airport at once. You have the clothes on your back. You know, you take a toothbrush or whatever the hotel with you, but, like, they tell you when you leave, take the clothes on your back, a $20 bill, your photo ID and like if you have religious material or whatever, that's okay. So I have, um, I don't know, there had to be 60, 70, 80, 100 people in front of the apartment in Hazelwood behind Taco Bell, Coachway Lane people right across the street from the police station. There, like, there were the whole, um, it was Bank of America. It used to be Boatman's. Remember when Boatman's Bank? Mm -hmm. And it was Bank of America. That whole parking lot was full of my people. All up and down, both sides of Coachway, cars everywhere. The whole apartment complex was full. Taco Bell, Payless. There was car. There were people everywhere coming to tell me goodbye. It was, it was fucking awesome. But these dudes are all barbecuing and drinking and having fun. And I'm like the most nervous day of my life so far. You know, like. I got to go do this thing and you guys are all hanging, you know? Um, so I got all these people coming. Fucking Mick was, Mick is my dad. Um, was, he was driving a dump truck at the time. Remember when he got in that accident and fucked them people up and fucked himself up real bad. Mm -hmm. He was driving that dump truck. Keep in mind, this is September 17th. So just a week ago, they attacked us in New York. This dude, and I got the photo somewhere. This dude spray paints fuck Bin Laden on the back. His pickup, his dump truck was white, all white and had like purple flames and it said Masters Trucking. He spray painted fuck Bin Laden on the back of his dump truck. So like you're driving behind him and, but it was like, I remember it was like, you know how when you go to write something on a poster and you don't space it out correctly. So the first few letters start like big and look good. And then you have to cram in all the rest of them. Well, the fucking idiot didn't stencil anything out or anything, you know? So it was just like, fuck, 
and then Ben, I think he spelt it wrong and shit. He was a fucking idiot. Oh my idiot. gosh. Wow. So there's like a hundred, his dump truck is over in Bank of America. I know that dude was high. I've got all these people around. My mom is a mess. My sister is a mess. Some other people were just a mess because, you know, the nicest guy in the world was getting ready to leave. <laughs> Police officer... He is his he's Detective Shane Parrish now. He was a police officer then. Pulled into the parking lot of my shitty apartment to try to like he was like gonna bust things up. Like what is going on here? Somebody and it might even have been Mick who should not be talking to police officers ever. Somebody went over to his car. I remember because I'm like sitting on the hood of my car, just like nervous as can be. I was slamming water all day. I was fucking nervous. And they go over to his car and he knew me because I knew his younger brother. So we all grew up together. You know, he was a park ranger. We'd shoot fireworks at him and shit. You know, he was friends. We were, it was like funny, but um, <clears throat> somebody went over to his car and I guess explained what was going on and why everybody was there. And he gets on the loudspeaker. He's like, good luck, Mr. Master. You know, and they <laughs> one of those deals. So I was like, fuck, thanks, man. You know, and so everybody's having such a good time and I'm, I'm a mess. Into the parking lot pulls my recruiter. Now, he's driving like a silver intrepid, and I only know that because he had picked me up and we had done stuff before. I see another dude in the, another person in the vehicle, and I didn't, you know, like, he didn't call me and tell me he's bringing somebody else with him. So I'm like, okay, so he gets out to, you know, your recruiter, he, like, kisses your parents' ass, you know, because he knows he's got you already, but, and he is trying to be cool and all that, I get it, but recruiters have a job to do. So he gets out and we we're kind of talking and uh, the door opens and this other dude gets out. It's fucking Kenny. Of all the people in the whole entire world that I was going to be going to like downtown and, and staying in the hotel with. And I f- figured we'd be in the same platoon at boot camp. It's the dude that like. So we made uh, we made remember those plaster of Paris volcanoes. Did you guys make those? No, I don't know what that is. Your school sucks. Plaster of Paris, like, uh, you mix it up and then it hardens, right? So you're supposed to make, like, they had it where, you know, you can um, do, like, um, cheesecloth and you can, like, mold a cool volcano that, like, is, like... Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. Like a mound, you know, and then you just do, um, what is it, baking soda and something else and it reacts and it kind of gives it a volcanic... Well, I waited till the last night to do mine. And so my mom's best friend, Cherie, came over and she had a Lion's Choice cup. Back then, Lion's Choice gave you horseradish in like a little like clear um, container with a lid on it. You know how they do sauces. But this was like a real little one. So it weird enough. So we had nothing to mold this off of. I had my mom and Cherie who, you know, probably just got done smoking a joint. We're like, oh, fuck, we got to do this thing. So we used the Lion's Choice Cup as my shitty volcano. And then we cut a hole in the top of the shitty Lion's Choice Cup and put the horseradish cup in there to, like, create that little divot to put the mixture in. So it w- we get that done. I, I painted it and, like, tried to be as creative as I could. And we made a little sign that said Mount Masters on it, you know. And I, I was, I'm trying to do something here. I take it to school the next day and fucking Kenny is going to make fun of it. And like he, but the problem is with Kenny is that he would poke and poke and poke, like trying to get your attention because you know, when you're not getting positive attention from other dudes in class, Mm -hmm. like you, you're just going to do something to get any kind of attention. So 
I mean, he got the shit beat out of him a lot, but it wasn't bullying, you know? It was like he would just keep fucking with people. And it's like, just leave people alone, mm-hmm. man. You know, like, that's why I didn't have any friends. He said something about Mount Masters that day. I was in fourth grade. Mrs. Glass was my teacher. And uh, he said something and he kept, I'm like, just shut up, dude. You know, and he kept, he kept going and kept going. And the principal had to call my mom a few times when I would end up beating him up because like, and and it would like bring me to tears. You know, I was really sad because I hated hurting anybody, but like, he just pissed me off. You know, he wouldn't fucking leave me alone. Mm -hmm. And so uh, my mom was like, you know, I know my son, he doesn't just, he doesn't just act this way. Like this kid's pushing him. You know, he keeps... So he says something a couple times about Mount Masters, dude, and wrecked me. I got up in the middle of class, started wailing on this kid, got in trouble and all kinds of shit. But um, so that that this is the backstory of like who this dude was when I was a little kid. And then of course I get out of Catholic school, sixth grade, go to public school, everything goes downhill from there. But my whole like elementary childhood, I had to deal with this fucking kid that I, you know, he was just a shithead. <clears throat> So he gets out of the fucking car with Sergeant Kettleston, my recruiter. And I'm like, no way. I say goodbye to everybody. Take off downtown, go to the hotel. Sure enough, me and Kenny Kincaid are sharing a hotel room. Oh, you said his last name. I already did, I think. Fuck him. The story is going to get better. And, I, and I'm not, I'm not, it ends up. All right. So we're in the hotel room and, uh, we're, we're kind of just like bullshit because again, we haven't seen each other since like fourth grade, fifth grade. Right. So it's like, we're adults now going to boot camp. There's bigger things to talk yeah. about than Mount masters again. <laughs> <clears throat> he goes, Hey dude, I want you to know, like, I just really wanted to be your friend and I didn't know how. So I just wanted to get your attention and I'm sorry. I acted that way, man. I completely understand why you used to beat my fucking ass all the time. Cause like I deserved it. He was like, he was I, like your dad. Right. He was like, what do you mean? That was your dad's behavior towards the end of his life. Oh, yeah. In, yeah. My, in my opinion, yeah. Because he kept trying to get your attention, and then when you wouldn't respond the way he wanted you to, he would get real mean, and then would make you get mean, and that's why you didn't have a relationship in the end. He wanted to so bad, he just didn't know how to communicate right. properly. So he. That seems to be the case with a few people in my life. Yeah, definitely. Well, that sucks. Yeah. But anyway. so so he's like explaining to me like how he understands why things were the way they were. It wasn't just me. It was like, you know, he did this to everybody and everybody was like, just fucking mm-hmm. leave me alone. You know, mm-hmm. we were raised better than that. I didn't have like bully ass friends. We were good. Ki- I know, he dude. <clears throat> he didn't really have social skills. No. Mm. So like. You know, and, and now we're in this hotel room getting ready to go like do this thing so he's telling me all this stuff and frankly i think i wanted to say something to him too you know like hey man my bad about all that i could have probably handled myself a little bit but he he started the conversation and after he said it, he was like dude i just never understood like i would have been cool with being your friend it was just like the way you came off about it fucking sucked man and you kept bothering me he's like i remember the Mount Masters thing. I should I should have just left it alone. I'm like, you remember Mount Masters? And he's like, yeah, you know. So uh, we tripped out for a little bit, but I ended up, you know, apologizing and wishing him the best of luck. And we never, we, we got on the same plane together, um, but we did not end up in boot camp. So I had never seen him again. I don't, he could still be in, be fucking Sergeant Major by now. I don't know. But that was kind of a trip. 
And then, uh, yeah, three months of boot camp. Do you have any cool questions about boot camp? Well, the only thing is, is I just, I feel like I know so much about it because you've talked to me a lot about it. But when you, uh, when you get there though, like, okay, so explain to me because I've heard a lot of stories about boot camp, but I guess I don't know the, the process. So you, you got on the plane and you go, wait, wasn't there a story on the plane? Like there was a guy who got off the plane and left because no. he got really scared. No, but he wanted to. Oh, he didn't end up. No, leaving? so so you go from we went from St. Louis to Phoenix. We we were out in San Diego out of MCRD. <clears throat> we go from St. Louis to Phoenix. Layover generally on a Southwest fucking flight anyway. For some reason, you lay over in Phoenix. Um, got off the plane. By this time, it's evening. Waiting uh, at the gate for our plane from Phoenix to San Diego. Get on the plane. Or no, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is the first leg. This is from St. Louis to Phoenix. He's like, dude, I, I like, I can't do this, man. And I'm sitting right next to this dude on a plane. Now, like I told you, you have the clothes on your back. You have a manila folder with all your paperwork, your physical shit, all the stuff you need to go, you know. They know you're coming, but like you, you, there's paperwork you have to have with you. So you just have this folder. No phones, no AirPods. They even, they weren't even real. I mean, there were yeah. cell phones, but like we didn't, you didn't have them unless you had money. So this dude, he's sitting right across the aisle from me. He's like, dude, I, 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 I can't fucking, we all knew each, who was going, you know? He's like, dude, I can't fucking do this. I'm like, what are you talking about, man? You're going to be fine. It's cool. You know, this is going to be great. We're going to be fucking United States Marines. And he's like, no, this isn't for me. I'm, I'm going to call my dad when we get there. I'm, and I think I told the story on here, but I was like, so you're going to go home. You're going to get to Phoenix and collect, call your dad and tell him to get you a flight back home because you already can't do it. And he kind of looked at me and I'm like, you can't, you, that, you cannot do that, dude. That's not, you, you're going to regret that the rest of your life type of deal, you know? So I talked him through it. Mm -hmm. and he ended up being in my platoon and boot camp and did oh, great. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He ended up doing great. So no, he didn't, he, right. he stayed on the plane, but. So yeah, you get there and you do a week of processing, which, you know, haircut, you do that the first night, like get on the bus from the airport and head between your legs, between your knees, you know, and they kind of drive you around and fuck with you. And then the yellow footprints are a thing specific to the Marine Corps. It is part of our history. It's always, it's been this way for a long time. So like when you get out, there's just a bunch of painted yellow footprints in this particular area. And, uh, like just standing on those footprints is a huge honor and it's got a lot of history with it, you know? So like that's, that is your first step, if you will, to becoming a United States Marine. So like this drill instructor gets on the bus and I don't know, I, I, I can never remember exactly what he said cause it was a wild fucking night, but welcome to the Marine Corps recruit depot, San Diego, California home of the world's finest you know and he goes on with his spiel and he's like no get the fuck off my bus and he just starts screaming and like there's other drill instructors outside of the bus slamming on the bus and shit you know so immediately you're freaking and uh the screaming starts there and then it's like you go in they go through all your personal belongings which you don't have a bunch of and stuff and then it's like haircuts you know what i mean the, the, the process kind of starts from there so wait were you bald when you went in yeah which is kind of a mistake. So I let my hair grow out 
like as much as I could. Yeah. You don't want to do that. You need it. It's like, because it's again, like a rite of passage or that's like them taking from you. The, the, the whole point is to strip you down to your, to your like simplest form and then build you back up as a warrior. So if you don't give them those things or like, the dudes that were jacked and the physical stuff wasn't a problem for them. They find what is your problem and mm-hmm. then they exploit that like a motherfucker, you know, and just to, because you got You're going to give them something They're yeah. They're going to get theirs. So, yeah, you do like a week of this processing thing and then. You're up at the end of that week. I think they keep you up for 72 hours. It's 48 or 72. Like they, they, well, so the thing, the thing here is because there are people coming from all kinds of different time zones. So they want everybody to, and there's tons of shit to do all your, like, um, signing over your, your, like your life insurance and and all this stuff. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of fucking paperwork and little classes and, and stuff like that to do. So you do that for a week and then, uh, no, you do that like Monday through Thursday. And then Friday's called Black Friday. That's where they go, you, 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 you guys all go here. You guys all go there. And they split you up in your platoons. So you go, you've got a big sea bag, that big green bag, and then you go into the uh, squad bay and everybody's sitting there. And the uh, company commander comes in and gives his speech. And then the senior drill instructor gives his speech. And then you meet your drill instructors. And that day is fucking wild because they just start tossing everything. And it's, it's, uh, it's, pretty, it's pretty crazy. But after that, yeah, it's a long, it's a long haul, but it's fun. It's six weeks. Excuse me? Nine? Excuse me? I don't know. Twelve? Thirteen total. Oh, okay. Yeah. Thirteen. The long, hard one. <laughs> the long hard one that's what yeah. she said hard work any other questions about boot camp while we're on here biggest dong uh food yeah. oh uh, yeah what what kind of food did you eat i thought it was good and i think that it is good because you're so exhausted just any food is good but yeah. it was like yeah, I mean, like, at a certain point, you can start to have, like, chocolate milk and stuff. But here's the catch. The whole kicker with food is, while 87 of you, I think total we started with 87, while you're all sitting in the chow hall, absolutely everyone has got to have their feet at a 45-degree angle. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. And drill instructors are watching. They're eating, but not really. They're just waiting for you to fuck up, especially, like, the first few weeks. So if so-and-so is sitting there and just has his feet crossed like laissez-faire and say you're in line getting your food and you haven't even sat down and somebody fucks up, you throw your food away and nobody gets to eat. Ooh. So like the first few days, you, or maybe like week or time, you can't remember specifics, but you don't eat a lot because everybody's in there fucking up. So the idea yeah. behind that is you don't want to be the guy to fuck up mm-hmm. because then it's on you why nobody else gets to eat. And they make it very clear who it was. Mm-hmm. So that's where teamwork and that uh, that yeah, whole thing okay. comes into play because now because you want to dunk your cookie into your chocolate milk after you were told 
you can't do that. I don't get to eat. I'm fucking hungry too. You know, so like that that starts building the teamwork and stuff. But like there's a very, very specific way you have to eat food, right? So feet are at 45 degrees. Your hands are at knife hands, we call it. So if all your fingers, you guys listening, if all your fingers and your thumb are pressed together and your hand is as flat as it can be, that's what we call a knife hand. Left hand, left knee, right hand, right knee. When you grab your fork to take a bite of food, you do not put your face towards your food. You bring the food to your mouth. If they see you bend down like a dog, like how I eat, everybody leaves and you don't get to eat anymore. You So you bring the food to your mouth while sitting up fucking straight. Bring the food to your mouth, put it in your mouth, take the fork out, set the fork down, put your knife hand back on your right, I'm right-handed, so back on your right knee, chew your food while staring straight ahead, not moving, besides like your jaw, and then you get to do it again. Then when you want to go take a drink, if you just pick it up and one-hand it, you're out. Everybody's gone. You have to pick up every cup you touch with two hands, take a drink, set it down, put your hands back on your knees in a knife hand, and swallow. If your hand doesn't go back down on your knee in a knife hand, everybody leaves. If your feet come from 45, everybody leaves. If you look around at your buddy, everybody leaves. If you get salt and go put it on your food, everybody leaves. You cannot mess this thing up. Would you be surprised after a few days how how fast you can learn those rules and how you will abide by them? Or you won't eat. Not only you won't eat, nobody gets to eat. And we get pissed at night when they go to bed. And you're the reason, again, we don't get to eat. So we got to handle that. So, like, they have a class on this? I mean, I would have guessed. They ha- I mean, uh, how- well, it's... It's very much they scream it in your face. You can barely understand it. You say, aye, aye, sir, and then you just learn. So the first day you go in there, what they call it, the mess hall or chow what? Hall. The chow hall. The first day you go in there, they're screaming these things? like They're screaming the whole entire time. So you didn't know these were rules till you went in there? Absolutely not. Oh, okay. Well, so that first week you, that you, you get, like, you get to, you know a little bit of it. But it's very much not as strict and like chaotic, right? So when you meet these, I had four drill instructors to start with, and we ended up getting another one because he choked out a recruit in a different platoon. So they sent him to my senior because he was going to fix him. And he ended up just being the worst motherfucker there was, you know, but he was awesome. And uh, so, yeah, man. But I mean, as far as food goes, like, no, it's not great if, I were to get a tray of it now, but at the time it was really good. Yeah. And I remember at a certain point you get to have like a dessert and they had peanut butter cookies. And that is my Ugh. shit. <clears throat> yes, it is. But so check this out and then we'll get off of boot camp. We'll, 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 we'll do like, you can just ask me a question now and again about boot camp, and I'll tell you funny stuff. If you're overweight, they have like a stencil, with two lines on it. When I was in, they had two lines and I know they change it sometimes and whatever. But when I was in, they had two lines. You would lay your green skivvy shirt down, spray paint those two lines on the front or no, on the back, the front head, your platoon, whatever it was. Um, and so when you went through the child line, they would give you half, half as much food as they would give me per se. I wasn't under or overweight. I was right in the middle. So they call them fat bodies. <laughs> 
all the fat bodies got less food. But then if you were real skinny, they needed to put weight on you. You got <laughs> one, and they would give you double rats, double rations. So, like, now you're forced to eat more food or you can't eat. You know what I mean? You eat less. But it was wild, like, on day of graduation, some of these people, honestly, really, truly, their son would walk over to him and, like, because when they dismiss everybody, like, the here comes the families and here goes the recruit, the, well, the Marines now, and uh, they're going to meet their family, and you could hear moms like, oh, my God, Billy, you know, whatever, and, like, they, they, wouldn't, they didn't even recognize their own mm-hmm. son or brother or whatever because you're just, wow. you're like a different dude. I looked around for my fucking family for, I don't know. They went, they went the opposite way that I did. And then when I went over there to try to find them, they, I had somehow mm-hmm. missed me. Yeah. Oh, it fucking sucked. And then I turned around a corner of this building and saw my mom and, oh my God, she fucking lost it. Yeah. Yeah. And there were like eight people there. These, all these idiots flew out there to see me graduate. It was, it was awesome. I thought they drove. No. On a van or something. No, because that dump truck that Mick had spray painted fuck Bin Laden on, he had gotten in an accident. He was he had been up for a while and uh, was going down Veterans Memorial somewhere. I think it was like close to like the Wentzville area somewhere. And so they call it a soft shoulder. You know, when you're on Veterans Memorial, there's not a curb. That's called a soft shoulder. Generally, well, not generally, but when you're that outlaw type, um, you run overweight. So the reason he was taking side roads is to miss way stations. Because if you go through a way station and you're overweight, they can tax you for that or like, you know, uh, fine you for that because you're fucking up the roads and there's all kinds of legalities to it. But so obviously he was doing the wrong thing and uh, skipping way stations. So he was on a soft shoulder and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm guessing he kind of nodded off or something. I don't know. Um, and he started going off into the ditch. Well, when he corrected to get back on the road, he overcorrected. So now he's crossing over oncoming. He goes off into the ditch, but there was an oncoming vehicle and they hit his last, the last axle of his dump truck. And the only reason I say that is because it's like, I don't know what it is, six or eight feet or something that if he would have cleared, he would have been all fucked up, but the car would have been fine. He punctures the lung, broke all kinds of ribs. I think that was the accident where he got a big chunk of his ear cut off, but he got in a lot of accidents and got real fucked up through his life. So I don't remember if that was one or not, but puncturing his lung. Oh, and then so the car that hit him ended up being like either three or four special ed teachers going to one of their special ed children's funerals that day. Couldn't have been fucking war. I mean, look, he was all the way guilty and for sure should have went to prison like he ended up doing for four years. But like, that's just way worse in court, you know? So the doctor told him when he got out of the hospital, he's like, you know, uh, my son's graduating December 17th. Like I got to fly out there. And the doctor was like, I do not recommend you to fly on one lung with the other one being just punctured and like a basically like new wound, you know, I don't know exactly when this happened. So it was, pretty near my graduation date. But the doctor was like, do not fly. I'm telling you, do not fly because that one lung might, I mean, I know it's a pressurized cabin, but like there there could have been a serious issue with that. 
He flew out there anyway. He was on like a cane and all fucked up. I'm like, well, what happened to you? You know, but. Wow. That's how that story went. Well, I'm sure. Well, I was surprised he even made that. That's. I know. That's pretty cool. I know. I was pretty surprised myself, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. But. So there's boot camp. That was on the 17th. The 21st was another day, huh? Yes, it was. And what was that one? Tell the people. Well, it's your anniversary of when you stopped doing drugs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Seven years, huh? Yeah. I was telling Matt Long at work the other day, uh, I said something about uh, us going out or whatever for our anniversary. He was like, oh, yeah, how long have you guys been married? I was like, well, not that anniversary. He said, what anniversary? <laughs> I said, the anniversary of me, uh, you know, getting clean. He was like, oh, yeah. I said, yeah, today it's been seven days since I've smoked methamphetamine or snorted pills. He you was said like, seven days? Seven years. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah <laughs> dude. No, I knew what you Last meant, week but... I smoked. <laughs> but you did say seven days. <laughs> and you've only met Long once, I think. But like, Yeah, or twice. And he's a straight dude. I don't think he's ever, I, I, as a matter of fact, I know he has never smoked pod. Like he, he has a beer or whatever, but he's never, ever done anything. And uh, he looked over and was like, that sentence has only been said by, like, so many people in this world. I'm like, you're right, dude. Because yeah. after I said it out loud, I'm like, what a fucking thing to say, you know, yeah. to my coworker in the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. Like, but, um, yeah, that whole day is like, like I was telling you, um, <clears throat> It was one of those things where I, uh, you know, when you take, um, shit, what's it called when you, like, if you owned a store and you, you had to count up all of your products when you take inventory, inventory. I was taking inventory of like my life and what I have and how happy I am to be here and have all this stuff and my family and health and all this other shit, you know? So I was, I was riding a high that day, no pun intended. And then today it even, it was even still there. Like, and, and I got to do some cool shit at work the past couple of days too. I was working with maintenance and like on the crane and out on the work flat stuff out on the river. So that kind of stuff I really enjoy anyway. So that makes for a good day for me. But, um, yeah, man, it was just, I don't know. It's not surreal. And it, like every year it, uh, it gets less and less of like, not a, not less of a big deal, but it's just life anymore, you know, being clean. So, but, um, yeah, that was a pretty big one. I'm pretty stoked about that. It's just a day I get to go out to eat every year. So. Yeah. You did uh, take no, me out. <laughs> yeah. And see, here's another fucked up thing too. Like I talk, you know, we talk about like eating healthy and all that. Alicia, we got dinner, and then she ordered a, oh. a six-layer chocolate cake. And no, yes, I, you did. No, and, I didn't. And a pumpkin, Liar. a piece of pumpkin cheesecake. Liar! I said I didn't want dessert because I already had a stomach ache from our appetizer. As a matter of fact. So then I was forced to eat two pieces of cake. No. He ordered two desserts. Two desserts and said that one was for me. And then he false allegations. He, but he ate all of it. Okay. I did. Once the pumpkin cheesecake came, I'm like. Now let's tell the truth here. 
I'm I'm a lactose intolerant or not intolerant because I can eat it, but I am allergic to dairy. So it hurts my belly like pretty much right away. So like cheesecake. No, I know I can't have that. I already had a belly ache. That's funny and because what was closest to you? I know. But then because it was good, I'm like it's in my face, like I'm not going to eat it. And it was like homemade. It, it was, was the, so good. It was the best pumpkin cheesecake I've ever had. Like Cheesecake Factory is like not even doesn't even compare. To this. I can't tell you that I've ever had pumpkin cheesecake before. Oh, you I make have. a pumpkin thing that's really good, but it's not quite cheesecake. No, it's not cheesecake. But it ended up being really good, and I ate a lot of it. But then you ate the rest, and you ate the whole chocolate cake. I tried to bite it. wasn't really I got like mine it. for free, bro. I know. That was really nice. That was nice of her. Uh, waitress was saying something about, like, a dessert. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we're celebrating. However, it came up, or it was my anniversary, I said, or something. And she said, of what? And I told her. And so she gave me a free dessert so that's what you get if you're getting through any kind of addiction problems or or uh you want to and you're having trouble with it just think about the free pumpkin cheesecake at the end of the road and that should be enough to motivate yeah. you through. well i like how <laughs> you're actually proud of it and you acknowledge it because a lot of people would be ashamed and embarrassed and wouldn't want anyone to even really know Cause like um, a couple of my friends uh, messaged him yesterday, and um, Mo messaged me today. She did. Fucking oh, that's, gangster. That's what I was getting ready to talk about. So my friends and I, we talk on Marco Polo, which is an app, and it's like um, kind of like it's video messaging or it's like video. Chat. Yeah. So like that's how we like stay in touch with our busy lives and stuff. My best friends. So anyway, um, two of my best friends texted Dom and told him like whatever they said congratulations whatever and i was on there this morning and i said hey girls by the way thanks that, that was really nice and mo was like oh my god i feel like such an ass so like i you know it's like it's not that i didn't want to but like i just don't know how because she doesn't she hasn't known you as For long sure. you know like my other friends he's known as long as he's known me mo and i have known each other since middle school elementary school but we just like in the last few years because of Marco Polo started like talking and hanging out a lot and our husbands all hang out. But anyway, she was like, well, I didn't know if like it was a weird subject. You know, I don't you know, just like some people like would, be, would be embarrassed. She's like, and I didn't even say anything to Damon. That's her husband. He's she's like, Cause, you know, I didn't know if he'd want to he'd want people like like acknowledge he'd, he'd want he'd want da like he didn't want or I wondered if he wanted Damon to know we were even talking about it. Like, I didn't want right. to offend him that like you like we were all talking about. It. I'm like, no, he's like really open about it and stuff, because a lot of people we've all we all have some kind of past. And I guarantee every single person has something in their past. They're like really embarrassed sure. or ashamed of. And like, you know, but for you to be very honest and, and stuff. So like maybe this will encourage people that it is something to celebrate. It is something to be proud of yourself for and it. It's okay to go out to dinner and celebrate because that's one more year of you, you know, getting healed from something really terrible. So I think it is something worth celebrating and it's always a fun time. Usually we do something. Sometimes I make you a dessert or we go out or we always acknowledge it. I agree. Yeah. And, and it's weird too. Uh, the people I work with, you know, mostly like, well, a, a few, a good majority are like small town country people. And like I said, man, and, and it's great. You know, of course they got their own shit too. I'm not, they're not like some saints or anything, but, um, when I like, when we've talked about it and I'll tell them stories, 
this shit they see in movies type of a, you know, like you get that vibe from them. And I don't, I never talk about it to glorify it, of course, because that's, it's gotta be the biggest regret of my life. You know what I'm saying? Like just the time. Yes, I would take it back, of course, but that kind of struggle, man, and, and overcoming something like that's a huge mountain, dude. That like it, that's a it's a big fucking deal. So um I I am very open open and honest. I think it's somewhat therapeutic. Um in the right in the right space, of course, but I gotta tell you, people seem to be like pretty receptive. Not receptive, but like I don't feel a ton of judgment. That's not to say that mm-hmm. there isn't any, but mm-hmm. I don't feel a ton of judgment. Okay, I'll just say from work, you know, I I was um, like right at a year. Okay, so September 16, I got hired on December 17. And so I like, what's, yeah. what's that make it? Just over a year, right? Yeah. And so getting this job with the fucking Department of Defense, you know, it, like... It wasn't my last shot because I would have figured something out and I would have mm-hmm. been successful mm-hmm. because it's just, you know, when you have drive and stuff, then you want to be somebody you, you can. And um, But it was a huge opportunity for me and I just got lucky and there was just the stars aligned, man, and people were retiring and that's the only way you get in these places. And I just, I mean, I know I got lucky, but also like I was whoa, 30, what, 34? I've been there seven years and I'm 40. So that would have made me 30. Don't make me do math, please. You can't be end of the night as bad at math. So anyway, I I was in my like thirties. And so most people already have a 401k started and like they're adults and I wasn't. So like I went to my boss and told him like, you know, because there were a couple people that were kind of like, eh, you know, that knew me from my past that, um, we're kind of like, I don't know, man, but they, they didn't know that I had went through this kind of transformation either. And, um, it, some of the guys, even just the way I look and stuff, they're friends of mine now. And, and they've since apologized on a number of occasions. Thanks fuckers. But, uh, you know, they were kind of like, nah, you know, and so I've, I've worked really hard to prove myself otherwise. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't seem to get like negative from it i think that if anything it's helped me like try to help people and and it's something to it's it is it is a con no i don't do every day i'm i have to struggle with it that that shit has been over for a long time like years and years for me but once i made up my mind like i told you guys on september 16th 2016 alicia and i were in her car outside dr Shapiro's office and i just said i quit and i fucking meant it i guess clearly Cause I did, but you know, it's helped me talk to other people who have had those same kind of troubles and you know, you can't fix everybody, but, um, I, I think there's a weird thing about being honest about something like that, that a lot of people might not feel comfortable being. And I want to be the guy that says, fuck that. Sometimes when you talk about stuff, it does make it easier. Well, everybody, I think this day and age knows somebody who struggled with addiction, whether it's, someone in your family, a friend or a friend of a friend or a family member of a friend. Like in my experience, very few people seem like they really get better. And then when they do, they always go back. 
so many people that I've known throughout my life have died. Close people to me. Like, so to have a story, it's like, I don't even want to say it's a miracle story, but it kind of is because when I think about the people I personally know, I only can think of a couple who really overcame addictions, like completely and um, didn't go back and didn't die or, you know, that they, you know, like I look at you and I I can't imagine you ever going back to doing that ever again. It just doesn't even cross my mind. Like it doesn't cross your mind. And I'm busy. I don't know. It just seems like a lot of people aren't able to, to do that. So it's amazing. And I think it's something to share because maybe there is somebody who can say, you know, if he can do it, I can do it. And, and you know, if that But well, if, if that's you listening, yeah, I know that's fucking cliched. It's like when you, when you hear a billionaire go, look, man, I started from nothing. And if I can do it, you can do it. Mm-hmm. Not everybody can be Tom Brady. Let's face it, man. He's a special fucking human being. And there's, there's a billion special human beings out there, but I'm telling you, you and again, email me. I will. I will talk about pretty much anything. Like I said, unless it's got to do with security of my family, I'll talk about pretty much anything. And I'm telling you that if I could do it, anybody can do it. But one thing I want to point out, I think why so uh, Kelly always says this. Kelly Sinovich, she's one of the smartest people Shout I know. Shout out, dude. <laughs> one of my best friends. She's like the smart, one of the smartest people I know. Yeah. But like what she says, and it makes total sense with an addiction, whether it's food or drugs or smoking or alcohol or whatever it is, usually there's a root, there's a, a like a root problem of course. that causes you to do that. For you, it was your childhood and then combat. And so when you got clean, you were seeing somebody who actually was really helping you with both of those issues. Mm-hmm. For the first, like you had been, you have gotten help before, but I think when you went to the VA, they were just probably focusing on the combat stuff and not really digging into your family stuff as much. Where Dr. Shapiro was, mm-hmm. he got through that part. And, and so it was like you were addressing the root of why you were turning to your addictions. And so I think of my brother, unfortunately, my brother um, succumbed to his addictions and he passed away. And you know, I just don't think he ever truly went to the root of his issues, just like so many people. And you just keep digging yourself in a hole. And if you don't address the root of why you even started it, then, then you know, maybe it's harder to get out. But uh, just something I wanted to point out. You were maybe you weren't getting the help you you want. You, I mean, I know you wanted the help. Right. But you also. I mean, it's not like you were forced to go get help, but no, you did keep going. You kept yep. you kept going and because of you. Well, not and like I told you the other day, and I mean it, and I'll say it on here. You're a huge reason why I'm alive. I I, I appreciate you every day for that, but especially once a year, you know. Yeah, on, on I the, mean, but you did the work. I hear you. I mean, whether I was there alone. or not, like yeah. You but still, you know, going back to like you were saying, uh, child, I. I still haven't addressed most of whatever my shit, my problems are. What I did address was that my drug use was not fixing those. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but mm-hmm. I, honestly, I don't think it matters how you do it as long as you get there. Right. So sure. There are still stuff that we could all go talk to a therapist about and work on, but 
while that stuff isn't like 100% fixed or even a little percent fixed, using drugs and doing the shit I was doing, that definitely wasn't the answer, right? So it, it's like whatever you need to find to be your answer, make fucking do that, you know, whatever it is. Because yeah, it, like it's not even a practical solution like nothing good is going to come from that right it's like you 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 don't meet too many people that are like dude i made all my money because i was a dope fiend for 35 years and i'm, re <laughs> I'm retired and straight up happy <laughs> it, that, that story's never been told yeah you know i mean maybe some weird dude that did one smuggling job and made a bunch of millions i guess but you're probably not it's not gonna happen to you so don't let it why are you yawning? Did you I tired? don't know. I'm so tired this week for some reason. I'm not sure why. I worked two games, but nothing more than normal, and they weren't like even super late ones. But I don't know. This week I've just been dragging butt a little bit. Yeah, getting old. I hear you. It's been early and long days, but they're good. Yeah, I'm just glad it's the weekend. Even though you're not off, I am looking forward to having the weekend off. You're looking forward to it more because I'm working. No. So now you ask no. me a question about boot camp. Ask me a question about addiction that could maybe help somebody. Or just a weird... Excuse me. I'm sorry, dude. That's so gross. I know. It's fucking not professional. <laughs> God. Um, well... It doesn't have to be, like, something sad. It can be a funny, stupid story. I mean, not a little A stupid, sad, well, a, mm, I have to think about it because I don't, Okay. It's well, it's hard because I've never had an addiction and so sometimes I don't even really like, I'll tell a fucked up one, understand it, okay. Joe Rogan had Kurt Angle. I don't listen to all Joe Rogan's whole things because they're long and stuff, but he had this dude named Kurt Angle. You know who Kurt Angle is? No. <clears throat> Kurt Angle was a Olympic gold medal wrestler. Okay. Then he went to WWE and WWF, and he was like a stud there and all kinds of other shit. Long story, he broke his back or neck. I think it was his neck. And got hooked on pain. It was like a it was like a ten minute short I was watching the other day of the Joe Rogan show with him on it. Um, so he and Joe asked him like what uh, one thing he wishes he could take back or regrets or however it was worded, but he he said starting with painkillers. So he gets hurt real bad and starts off with painkillers like everybody else. One night. He is in his hotel room. The next day, he's got the biggest wrestling match of his life against Brock Lesnar. Blah, blah, blah. Gets a call that his sister had OD'd and died from heroin. Mm. He has, he said he looked over and he had like 20 or 25 Vicodin sitting there. And, you know, so now he's going through this. He's got a big day coming up tomorrow. And then he learns this terrible news. So he grabbed all those Vicodins and just started like, chewing him up and didn't wake up till the next day. He was supposed to be at the arena at one o'clock to like get ready and whatever you do before a wrestling match. Mm -hmm. And he got there at like five and I don't, he, but he went into talking about how they would give him, how painkillers would give him like energy, you know? Mm -hmm. And I don't think a lot of people 
understand that either. They they kind of correlate like painkillers with that heroin like nodding out thing, and it, it's no, not. no, because I had a friend, and she she did she had the addiction of painkillers, and it did the opposite, kind of like I guess what it would do like if I took Adderall, it would it would give them energy. Yeah, and so somebody who doesn't have that like if i were to do a painkiller well i would think it would make do the opposite but now that i i took norco or what that's like a very low dose when i broke my wrist i broke both my wrists and had to have a yeah they're yellow i don't remember <laughs> what color they were probably but i had to do um physical therapy and it was really painful um but i couldn't drive for two weeks and i needed to go back to work that was when i was traveling for work and work you know i had to drive you know but they told me if i drove and i got in an accident or something i could get sued you know so i'm like i didn't want to take a chance so i was really hardcore at doing my therapy but it, it hurt so i would just take one right before my therapy and it would make me feel woo like yeah you know but it would only last like an hour maybe and it would go away but i would do it just before my therapy to get through it and then that was it but that's the problem is that it doesn't last that long yeah. so so he was talking about that and then he was saying like for breakfast he would take like 15 yeah. right just to get the day going and Gosh. stuff like that End up getting four DUIs in five years and then rehab. And he had a whole crazy story. But that amount, that 25 of them that he took that time, it was kind of, it was wild. Like, um, it was pretty, I was pretty, I was, I was like right in the middle, right? So it wasn't the, it, the worst, but I was still like, you know, thought I was having fun. And uh, I got a bunch of Dilaudid from this dude. And I don't even know like how many of those fucking things I snorted, but it um it's it's scary to look back and think about something like that because like while you're being a fucking idiot and thinking you're having fun, you it's like so easy to die, you know? And it it's just like it's it's scary to look back all these years later and think like there's so many times I could have died, you know? Well, yeah, because, I mean, doesn't that, like, people have that in the hospital. Like, I would think that would almost put you in a coma. Like It's fucking so strong. But I kept snorting them. They just, like, wouldn't get me high. And and so it's just, like, that's where I was going with that, though. Um, I don't even think that was the funny one I was going to say. But no, you're talking about this guy. What? Yeah, well, I brought that up to bring up, like, that amount, you know, because oh, because yeah. if you think, like, 20 or 25 Vikings, you think, Jesus, you know, they could kill somebody. And this dude's, like, a fucking, he's huge, you know. He was, like, a monster back then. He's, like, a wrestler guy. Yeah. So he was massive, but. um, I mean, so is that similar? Okay, so, you know, like, when you when you feel good when you're drinking, you know, like, I've done it in the past. Like, I would, I'm not an alcoholic. I really don't even love to drink, but there'd be times when I would drink. And I would consider myself a binge drinker to where you binge, you of drink course. until like you can't, you know, you pass out or whatever. But like you just you you get to this feeling and you're like, oh, I need more. I want more. I want more. And then before you know it, you're throwing up or you're passed out. And I the way just... it was explained to me in rehab was that and I've said this on it might have been the uh, museum podcast, but like your receptors that fire all that dopamine and serotonin, that's what makes you feel good. Um the, you, when you are running them so hard, they just burn out. It mm. will a you don't have any more dopamine or serotonin, but then you just like you burn them out. So now you're not even getting the high, right? So then like I think that's when it can start 
really affecting your heart and stuff because you're taking mm-hmm. this thing. It's not giving you the feeling you desire. So you keep doing it. And then your heart all of a sudden is like, what the fuck, dude? And it slowed mm-hmm. down to a place where it just like mm-hmm. can stop, you know, it's fucking nuts. But mm-hmm. I think about shit like that. And I know there are a lot of people that have had those close calls, unfortunately. And it's like, stop doing that because one day you're not going to mean it and it's going to kill you. And, you know, a lot of my friends and people, you know, too, you know, that they, they, that it happens and you don't, I mean, who the fuck are you to know what amount you were supposed to take of anything, right? You're not a fucking scientist or doctor. Oh, no. And now stuff is being laced and, and people don't even know. Yeah. That's just sad. I sharded one time. I shit myself. Oh, lovely. Yeah. So there's my funny story. I, I don't think any of it's funny. It's no, it isn't. It isn't. Me, you're right. All right. All right. All right. I won't. I don't want to depress you. So stop doing drugs, people. Yeah, please. Life's a lot better that way. You know, I like I went through a s- probably a summer of doing drugs that I'm not proud of. And it was just being given to me. And it was I wasn't addicted to it. It was more like, oh, something to do. It's fun. I'm hanging out with friends and people I really respected, actually. So. They're giving it to me. Might as well. I have nothing else going on. But I felt like one day I was driving home and I'm like, I just started thinking about my nieces. And I was just like, what would they think if they knew I was doing this? Somebody that they should be looking up to. And that was it for me. I like felt so ashamed and everything. But luck. But I'm I am very, very fortunate that I don't know what it is, if it's like how I'm made, but. I've never really been addicted to anything. I don't think, you know, and I'm, they say like heroin, you do it one time, you can be addicted. And I like, I have a very, very close friend and she was addicted for a while. And then she was able to get off of it. Like, I'm like, you know, she's strong like you, that she was able to do it. Like most people I know just couldn't do it. But, but um, anyway, they say, well, all it takes is one time, but like, it makes me wonder well, I wonder if I did it, if I'd be addicted, because I haven't been addicted to anything else. Not that I would ever, We're ever. going to find out. <laughs> I'm never going to try, but I always did, like, have that in the back, the back of my What if you came mind. to me one day, like, babe, I tried heroin today. I'm like, oh what in the God. fuck? You're no. leaving. I, well, I've never even had an Oxycontin, you yeah. know, the Oxycodone. They're Good. The only narcotic I ever had was, like I told you, the, that Norco. Yeah. When I broke my wrist, and I didn't even take them all. I think I ended up throwing them away. I just took them for my therapy, and... I mean, there were a couple times in the beginning when I was after my surgery, you know, I needed them. I was in pain, but yeah. I just, I don't like the feeling of that stuff. Like I couldn't imagine wanting to do it to like for fun. Over and over you know? and over breakfast, lunch and dinner. Yeah. yeah. Cause yeah. I mean, I'd be at parties and everybody was taking pills and stuff. I mean, and I'd, I'd hung out with friends that like had Adderall and stuff. I'm like, oh yeah, it'll make me want to stay awake but i didn't like anything that made me like uppers that made me like hyper and stuff i just yeah. didn't like that it would always make me nauseous and well and there's that thing like about it. fitting in too right and if you're yes. if you're doing shit you don't want to do to fit in then i think that does go with your not your theory but the theory of childhood mm-hmm. stuff like that you know if and for what it's worth i like had a great childhood it's just that there were things missing you know mm-hmm. so when you're doing something to fit in, it's generally not something you want to be doing. And then, you know, the addiction takes over and does its thing. And then, unfortunately, some people, myself, aren't as good at controlling things like that. So, yeah. But 
I am so pumped to be talking into this microphone to you guys alive at 40, almost 41 soon. Um, very happily married. Good kids. One doesn't seem to want to do his homework lately, but we're going to fix that. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, great career and uh, a good couple friends and everything's going good. So wanted to come down and talk about that and just uh, let you guys know how happy I am. And I'm really thankful that you listen. And, uh, you know, again, if, if you're having any trouble, email me and I'm, I might be dumb enough to give you my phone number and talk to you. You know, if I if there's any way I can help you at all, I'd be happy to. Um, I don't know if I'm just going to give every freak out there my phone number, but mm-hmm. if somebody really needs it, you know, that's what I, I like to I like to try to help people if I can. So just take it easy and find that thing you need. And if you need help finding it, there's there's help out there. So. There really is. I mean, you know, when you're fa- I've not only with with Dom, but with family and stuff, when people have said, hey, will you be here for me? I, You know, there's people in your life that love you and they will always be there for you. Now, if you keep burning them and, um, you know using them and stealing from them, you know, they may have to put up that boundary, but if you really, yeah, but if you really legitimately want help and you want someone to be there, almost everyone has somebody in their life, whether it's a family member, a friend, a spouse, like just reach out. And if you don't have that person, you know, whether it's church or a doctor, like there's going to be somebody to help you. Like, don't give up. You're never, ever going to be alone. I mean, if you need help, call Alicia three, one, four, no, I'm kidding. (laughs) But we'd be happy to give you a hand. And with that said, big news. I would like to hit that button that goes, wah, 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 the horn thing, but I'll fuck it up and it won't work right because I can't seem to work. (laughs) You'll talk like a robot. Yeah, I can't seem to work my soundboard. (laughs) But uh, October 13th, the one and only Dr. Larry Shapiro is coming on the cast. I cannot wait. I know. so awesome. It's going to be great. And he's pumped to do it, you know, and I I wasn't sure. because he's like he's like a celebrity in my eyes yeah like like me being a christian person you're not supposed to idol a human being oh for fuck's sake well, he's a good guy you're not supposed to but he he's like on that level to me like he's just somebody i admire and respect and i can i don't think I, I know i wouldn't be sitting here today if it was not for him because like even before you got clean and and there was just some things in our relationship and things I was insecure about. And he like helped, he helped yeah. me through that. And he was there for me too. Like he's a really, fucking man. really good, good guy. But yeah. when I was messaging and messaging with him about it, it, I don't know why, but I had this vibe because like he's a professional and I'm just some idiot. And, and, you know, I just kind of figured yeah. like, uh, you know, but he was like, I'm really looking forward to it, Dom. I can't wait. And like, he's coming over and it's, it's weird because I've only ever talked to him in his office in a professional setting. And he's coming to my house with my dog. It is so weird that you have two people that were professional for you, like counselors or whatever they were. And now like they're, I don't know. You're like at a different level with them. Yeah. You know, like I wouldn't, Almost a friendship. One of them. A you, little bit. You yeah. are, you, you know, you do have a friendship. And Dr. Shapiro, like, I think you'll always look at him like a doctor. But yeah, like he's coming to your house. Like, I don't think that's normal for him to like. 
do that with no past patients you know it's very uh, no i don't know the and, whole and thing. it's all and obviously this is about uh, you know talking to him is going to be about spreading the word and, and like how to help people and what absolutely. he does and how he does it absolutely um, he is now into psychedelic healing and stuff which i can't take part in with my job but i think and i really want to believe in it for other people uh maybe one day the the laws will change and i fucking hope they do but for now i but i but i know people that have been um working with it and they've had really good results so i i want to talk to him about that because mm -hmm. like anything he can do to help other people sure um, and help people get off like these medications that like because that was something that i know you and um a lot of guys or and females you know getting out of um getting home from combat and stuff like the doctors giving them all those like what is it the benzo class type drugs yeah. and isn't that i mean not to like totally go off topic but like the doctors and psychiatrists were prescribing you guys all of these things to keep you from what being violent or mm. they would say it was for PTSD and all these things. But like the guy who ended up shooting Chris Kyle, wasn't he on like a cocktail of a lot of different things? Most everybody is. And um, yeah. The, so. the unfortunate side is that they all, if you like look into them or whatever, again, I don't know anything, but they all kind of counteract each other. Yeah. Right. So you can't be on like too many things because then one voids out the other and then you get benefits from this, but not that. And it's like, it's just crazy because you can have a prescription for it. People think it's safe, yeah. but there's so many pharmaceutical yeah. drugs that are just not safe. I mean, what oxycodone and oxycontin and Vicodin and all those things. Yes, they have a purpose. I believe that, but all the harm that they've done and the abuse that has come out of it, like, well, I that, don't know. And that was never Shapiro's lane with me. No, 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 I, no, I no, 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 no. I just want to make it clear. I, I was just saying that if he if he's trying to, you know, if he's re, he's I know he'd talk about it. He'd been researching other things, yeah. you know, things that are more natural. And it'll be interesting to hear what he has to say because of what we know about the pharmaceutical drugs and the side effects and what it causes people to do. And the, just how a lot of them just are not good for you. Yeah. I have, like, of course I have ideas because I've been thinking about talking to him for a long time outside of his office <laughs> where, <laughs> where I'm the patient. But well, like, sometimes you got to be a patient. But what do I do? Like, do I do I go back into me at all or kind of skip? Because, like, I, I think that, you know, like you talking about me paints a different picture than I can paint, right? Because mm -hmm. you know more. Well, like, what was what was the first day you met me? Like, what did you think, you know? I'm talking about Shapiro, like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? But I don't want, I don't want it to just be about me. I want it to be, but it's like, I don't know what kind of time frame he has. So you don't want to crunch, but you yeah. don't want to skip yeah. over anything too. You no, know, so. I think it's important because it's your listeners to kind of just know the, the, and you've told the, the history a little Pretty bit. Much. You can brush on it and like start with yeah. that. But then, cause I mean, I just remember being, you know, the times that I was in there with you and him being in his chair, you know, and like the things that he would say to you, like, he almost was like, cut the crap, Dom. But he wouldn't say it in like a mean way to where you would get like defensive even. It was just like he would call you out. He was totally just like real. He would call you out. But he would never piss you off. And it was like the only person I ever saw not piss you off. Well, it was I don't know. He like has some kind of 
He's too uh, calming. He has a presence to yeah. him, and I can't even explain it. Yeah, just yeah. to see how you interacted with him, I was like, whoa. I mean, it was really And I've cool. said it before. He he wasn't buying it. Like, I, I mm -hmm. couldn't get it past him. Like, where with most therapists, I felt like I could manipulate it in my favor. It was yeah. like, he's like, no. Nah. Well, like, you would have an excuse, and he'd be like, oh, no, okay. So, like, just even getting set up with Wounded Warrior Project. Well, I, I don't do phone calls. I don't do that. Okay, so he was like, well, then we're spending this session calling Wounded Warrior Project. Right. He'd pick up the phone. Yeah. Like, it just wasn't, it was like, he'd figure out what your yeah. your issue was, and, well, we're going to figure out this issue. Like, he just. He very much had the key, like, to the problem. You know? And and I think he was very helpful with your recovery because when you decided from after, like, outside of his office that you were going to be clean, then it was how were you going to stay clean, and that was where you we went into this before the people, places and things and with family and things. Um, he was the one that had to really kind of break it down for you about yeah how you were going to do it. Like he helped you through the process of how you were going to say it, like the conversation you were going to have. Like, I remember he helped yeah, cause you, you be able to do that. I could have just said anything, but he yeah. wasn't going to that. Like that wasn't going to pass his test. You know, mm -hmm. he's like, man, I'm not just going to say it. What do you, how, how, what, how, when, why? Well, but you said when you went to rehab and you were asking in that class, like, or whatever it was in group, how are you not going to hang out with your mom right. kind of thing? And, and I mean, but you said that with Dr. <clears throat> Shapiro to where he, okay, well here's, and he like yeah. laid it out how you were to make it realistic on how you were going to be able to do it. And yeah. And he helped you through that. So I just think that was. He's a trip. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. And I'm going to do my best to, you know, get better at interviewing and, and, and listening and, and, and all that stuff. But I'm just, uh, I'm excited to hear what he has to say. And I think that uh, some people are definitely going to learn a few things that day. So including myself, you know, and so I'm just, I'm pretty pumped. Yeah. I'm like, I want to hear more about his new practice. Cause I know he switched yeah, practices yeah. recently and before he was just so he's so good at what he does he was so backed up like he could barely even take new patients so i'm curious. i don't see him i don't see him being able to take new patients i know but like with his personality it's not like he wants to turn anyone away so i'm just like wondering yeah how that's all going like what how he how he decides to take patients like where i don't know i'm yeah. just curious to see how things are going and we will find and out. how he's helping other people and if he's had any other big success stories you know want to yeah I'm and I'm, I mean, I'm sure he has. Yeah. There's no way that I'm the only one, you know? So, all right, man. I got to get up at 340, so we're going to get out of here. Thanks for checking in again. Uh, for real. If you want to. I guess I shouldn't just assume anybody will, but email me. PJMDJM1961 at Gmail. Alaska Native or maybe not native <laughs> hit me up i'm gonna i'm gonna try to design something some kind of hoodie or something and i'll send it to you thanks everybody um i'm happy i'm happy you guys are all here and checking this out and i'm happy to be alive so that's what i'll leave you with that's my that's my positive thing for the day thanks babe for sticking by me through all that i don't still don't know if you should have or not but i am glad that you did <laughs> And I love you very much. Yeah. Hopefully you still love me now that you're all like sober and clean and you're like. Well, it's been a while, so I don't think it's going to go away anytime <laughs> soon. 
I know. All right, man. You guys be cool. We'll talk to you soon. Take it easy. Good night.